here comes Fannie Mae, here comes Fannie Mae. That's it. That's <laughs> that's all I've got, and that's all you're going to get. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you're getting into the holiday spirit. You know, it's it's close. It's right around the corner. Uh, we're kind of getting ready here at uh, at our offices, and excited about it. I've got the whole crew coming up next week for a little lunch and uh, maybe some other surprises. Man, Fannie Mae. Boy, they are coming, aren't they? They brought us a big surprise. Uh, is it a gift? I don't know. Come on back. We'll talk about it. Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast, brought to you as always by the very fine folks of Appraiser eLearning. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe. And um, yeah, Fannie Mae did uh, drop a bomb or give us a surprise. I don't know if it's a gift or, or not. You, you can decide. Um, but uh, I got a, uh, I received my email update notice from Fannie Mae yesterday, December the 15th. I, I guess this will probably go out tomorrow. So two days ago, December the 15th at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. And um, if you're not on the email list for Fannie Mae, I encourage you to do that. Uh, jump over to Fannie Mae and, and subscribe to their email list. Um, and that way you, you're kind of in the know. You, you can kind of uh, be aware of what's going on when they make a policy change. And you're going to be you're going to be aware of this one regardless because it's going to hit you upside the head uh, by all types of media and uh, news release releases so you, you you won't miss this one i promise you um we were on clubhouse last night uh we we on december 15th we got on clubhouse uh i was teaching a class while this dropped and um and was on a break and checked my email real quick and boom there there it is Fannie Mae announcement selling guide update featured news is what they call it um and so I went back and shared my class to my class what I what I just learned, and um, and then we were in Clubhouse last night talking about it, and a lot of a lot of folks brought up some great comments, some concerns, and uh, I'll chat with you a little bit about that now. If you're interested in getting on Clubhouse, um, download the app. It's in your app store on your Android or iPhone. It used to just be iPhone, now it's both. And uh, and get in the club. Um, somebody will know you, so uh, just just sign up for Clubhouse, and you'll be made aware of what's going on. And then do a search for us. We created a um, a little club. It's called Real Estate Appraisal Talk. Real Estate Appraisal Talk, and there's no space in between appraisal and talk. We had to do it that way. Real Estate Appraisal Talk, and uh, we have regular scheduled rooms on Monday. We have a a room. Barry Phillips has been a great job uh, taking care of that for us. Uh, it's for uh, real estate appraisal trainee talk and all things trainee. And then on Tuesdays, my good friend Tim Anderson, uh, Tim Anderson, MAI out of Florida, we have uh, Tuesdays with Tim. And uh, Tim's going to answer all your questions or at least tr attempt to. And then on Wednesdays, we have uh, really just kind of an open. Those, those two are at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays, uh, typically, John Dingman and myself will host a host a little room, and uh, that's anything valuation related, real estate primarily, but um, talking about various things. And and last night, and, and John wasn't able to join me. My dear friend John has uh, got COVID, 
uh, had vaccines and the booster and still got the dang thing. And um, I think he's okay, but it, it, it hit him. So our prayers and thoughts go out to you, John. Hope hope you're doing well. Um, so we had it without him, and uh, and we had a lot of folks come in. Craig Morley, uh, Melissa Bond, uh, Tim was there. Um, and we had a good-sized room, and we were talking about this new announcement. So let me just tell you what it is. I'm not going to stall any longer. Stand- standardized property measuring guidelines. That's what it says. So I'll just read it to you. Appraisers will be required to use the American National Standards Institute standard, square footage, method for calculating, ANSI Z765-2021. That's the newest edition. It just came out in March, by the way. For measuring, calculating, and reporting square footage of subject properties for appraisals with effective dates of April 1st, 2022, or later, on loans sold to Fannie Mae. Hello. Did you hear that? Did you hear me? Starting April 1st, you, you're going to have to measure in accordance to this standard. And then there's a little video there you can click. Uh, they're, they're doing a, a cute little video series. And then there's a fact sheet. And if you click on that fact sheet, um, it brings you up a, some facts. <laughs> I guess that's why it's called a fact sheet. So uh, Fannie Mae has a little uh, a fact sheet here, standardized property measuring guidelines. And uh, the first part says what I just said, so I'm not going to read that again. But it says, historically, Fannie Mae Selling Guide has not required the use of a specific measurement standard. This policy updates the standard, uh, standardized the method used to measure, calculate, and report GLA and non-GLA areas of subject properties. All footprint sketches and floor plans must be computer-generated, not hand-drawn, indicate all dimensions needed to calculate the GLA and other required areas such as garage and basement, and show the calculations to demonstrate how the estimate for gross living area was derived. So... You know, I'm, I'm not going to read all this. You guys can read it. The, the bullet points of why, why did they make this change? Um, it said basically that there was, a, there was a lack of consistency. And really, guys, there is. I mean, you could have three different appraisers go out and appraise a property and get three different answers, right? And the problem with that is the house is only one size, isn't it? I mean, yes, we might get different answers because maybe you round and I don't. Maybe you include outside walls on a story and a half where the slope ceiling comes down to a knee wall and start at the five-foot mark and add the outside wall, and I don't. So there could be some differences. So the whole intent of a standard is to get us on the same page, get us to have a level of consistency. Um, so I think that's why they did it. And and Fannie Mae actually, I kept a pretty good secret. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Fannie Mae called me several months ago. Um, a lady lady at their agency called and and wanted to talk to me about ANSI and um, how I thought there would be reactions, pros, cons. Just just picking my brain. And and thank you, Fannie Mae, for doing that. Little old me. Um, that was nice of them to to get my take on it. And. Um, and so I've known for, for several months now that they were considering it. I didn't know if they were going to do it, but I knew, I knew for several months they were at least considering it. 
making it a policy change. And man, I wanted to tell the world, you know, but I, I'm, I'm a pretty good secret keeper, right? Um, I'm, I'm not going to divulge that if you tell me something in confidence. Um, but in October, uh, I think it was October, I was at Arrow and Lyle uh, Radke uh, announced it at Arrow. So I knew, okay, well, it's, it's the world knows now, right? And they were considering two different standards and they chose this one. Um, and um, in November at the appraisal summit, he, he mentioned it again. So we knew at that point, it was probably coming. I mean, it was probably a done deal. They were going to adapt, adopt a, a measuring standard for appraisers uh, for loans that will ultimately be sold to Fannie Mae. And we got the announcement on the 15th at 11 o'clock. So be it. It's happening. Um, April 1st is your deadline, guys. You're going to start measuring in accordance to ANSI April 1st. And really, if you think about it, it's it's kind of a good thing. I mean, I don't know. There's pros and cons. But one of the things is it doesn't matter if I measure a house, you measure a house, the appraiser down the street measures a house, the appraiser in the next county measures a house. If all four of us appraise that house and we go in and we measure it and we're doing so in accordance to a recognized standard of practice, we ought to get the same answer. We ought to get the exact same answer, but but we ought to at least be really, really close. And that is the hope of having us adhere to a standard. Now, this is not new for Kentucky. Appraisers in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, where I'm sitting right now, we've had to do this for years. So um, this just gets all the rep. Welcome to the club, guys. <laughs> this is something we've had to deal with for a while. Um. They came out with some new changes to ANSI in 2021. I actually served on the consensus committee that did that. Many of my listeners, you guys know that because we ask you to, to jump in and get involved. And, and thank you to all those that did. We had 44 comment letters. And 40, 40 of the 44 were on the measurement technique for the second level on a slope ceiling. And thank goodness. Uh, they reversed the path they were headed down because uh, I think it would have been more confusing and, 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 and a challenge. So thankfully that, that, you know, turned around. And um, so anyway, one, a couple of areas of concern, you know, they were in clubhouse last night, there was um, somebody asking about the ceiling height and, and, and that is a concern I have, you know, uh, I've, I've always argued this. I argued this was on, when I was on the consensus committee, and they basically said, Brian, shut up. But you've got a house, and the house has a living room, kitchen, two bedrooms, and a bathroom on the primary level. Then you go upstairs, and there's two private sleeping quarters up there and a bathroom. The only problem is the ceiling height is six foot, six well guys that doesn't adhere to ANSI standard so the second level and this example i just gave would not be considered square footage that's in accordance to the ANSI standard and again i think standards are good i think it gives us something to try and achieve a level of consistency it gets us all on the same page or at least similar page but that's the area i, I struggle with because 
we as appraisers are market analysts. I mean, that's what we do. We analyze the actions of market participants. So as an appraiser slash analyst, if I'm analyzing the actions of market participants, let's look at my example. Do market participants think that that house is a two-bedroom, one-bath because of the lower ceiling height on the second level? Or do they consider it a four-bedroom, two-bath? I mean, market participants in my area certainly consider that a four-bedroom, two-bath home. And what are they going to do? They're going to put the little people upstairs, right? The kids probably go upstairs. So, you know, the, the ceiling height isn't, isn't really an issue until we get some tall teenagers, I guess. I think as an appraiser, I, I've got to look at that as a four-bedroom, two-bath. That's how the market looks at it. But the square footage in accordance to ANSI would not include that square footage. So that's, that's one challenge. I think there's a couple of ways that you could do that and be uh, in compliant with ANSI and also um, do a good job. I think one way is to say, okay, the ANSI square footage, square footage in accordance to the American National Standard Institute, Z765, is 1,000 square feet, whatever's on the first level. However, market participants view this as a 1,500-square-foot home, four-bedroom, two-bedroom, and that's how I'm going to do it. So for analytical purposes, we're going to analyze it like the market does. I think that'd be okay. You know, it, let's look at USPAP. What, what, does, what does USPAP really care about, right? I mean, certainly protecting the public. That's the first sentence of the preamble, first sentence of the book for crying out loud. But... USPAP really cares about credible assignment results in the development aspect of USPAP, standards rule one. And then standard two, we're concerned about not being misleading, not creating a misleading report. I think I've achieved that. If I say, hey, the square footage per ANSI is this, but the square footage that the market feels that this house is, is the higher number. I think that's one way that you can handle that. I think another way that you can handle that is put a thousand square feet in for GLA for square footage and then address the upper level, the 500 square feet in this case, that doesn't meet ANSI as if you're using pre-printed forms, you use that as maybe a line item and you would adjust it in, in that, in that area. And I think that's what Fannie Mae's fact sheet says. Let me, let me look at it. Uh, because we talked about that on Clubhouse, and quite honestly, I'd not even read the fact sheet at that point. But yeah, the uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six bulleted item says if a house has a finished area that does not have a ceiling height of seven feet for 50% of the finished area, some Cape Cods, for example, in conformance with ANSI, and that's the rule, guys. You start at the five foot mark, you measure across, and then at least half of that dimension has to have a ceiling height of seven feet or higher. And this podcast is not intended to be an educational offering for you to learn ANSI. So go get a class. Hey, by the way, guess what? Appraiser eLearning has a bunch of them. Check it out. Uh, Appraiserelearning.com. You'll find a bunch. Uh, the report will be ANSI compliant and also acknowledge that the contribute, contributing value of the non-GLA square footage. Oh, I skipped a part. Sorry. 
Let me start over. If a house has a finished area that does not have a ceiling height of seven feet for 50% of the area, for example, some Cape Cods, in conformance with ANSI standard, the appraiser may put this area on a separate line in the sales comparison grid and make an appropriate market adjustment. The report will be ANSI compliant as long as uh, ANSI compliant and also acknowledge the contributing value of the non-GLA. Okay. So anyway, it looks like what they're wanting you to do is to do it as a separate line item, which is okay. That's that's one of the two options I said I think you could do and create credible results and not be misleading. And so it looks like they just want you to do the line item. one. And then we got a lot of comments regarding, well, other people don't do this. Nobody else is required to do this. Why do we got to do it? And blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, right where I'm sitting, our local board of realtors, the Owensboro MLS, has an MLS rule. And I'm not going to pull it up and read it verbatim, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. It says that agents and brokers need to ensure that the square footage is in accordance with ANSI. Now, it doesn't say the agents and brokers have to measure it. It just says it has to be consistent with ANSI. And then it specifically says that you can't use the term square footage based on assessor. And in, in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, we call our assessors PVAs, Property Valuation Administrator. So PVA, you can't put square footage per PVA. That's what our MLS rules say right here in my little town. So how cool would it be for us to get other MLS boards on, uh, on sync with that? Get, get the real estate community adhering to ANSI. Man, maybe the next step is we grab the assessors up. Let's, let's everybody get on a standard that will have a level of consistency. But one of the comments in Clubhouse last night was, well, what about the comps? The comps aren't that way. Comps, 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 comps. So let me read you what Fannie Mae says on that. It says, what if comparable sales are measured differently? Well, they say GLA for properties in local MLS systems and assessor records may not be ANSI compliant. The appraiser might not know what method an MLS listing or assessor used to calculate the GLA. Through research and their knowledge of local market, appraisers determine if the GLA provided through alternate sources should be adjusted. The adjustment process does not change the requirement to report subject GLA to the ANSI standard, right? So I, I, give, you, I give you a little example. I appraised a condo one time. And I'm just, because I'm familiar with this market and I'm familiar with the condominium association, I know all the two bedrooms are the same size and all the one bedrooms are the same size. I mean, they're the same size. So if I'm appraising one and I measure it and I'm at 905 square feet and the MLS shows that one of the comps I'm wanting to use is 945 square feet, guess what? I don't believe them. But what I might do is one of two things. I might, again, we got to create credible assignment results and we can't be misleading in our reports, right? So if I'm using the data sources MLS and maybe the verification data as assessor's office or PVA in my state, I might say 945 square feet and not make an adjustment and then make a comment. Hey, I'm not met. All the units are believed to be the same in this complex. I'm using 945 because that's what MLS said. Or I may change it. I may say 900 and say 
Although the MLS says 945 square feet, I measured this up at your property. I've measured other properties in this co complex, and they're all similar, very similar, almost exact in size. I don't know. I, I, how have I misled anybody? I don't think I have. I don't think I have. So uh, appraisers resist change. <laughs> we as human beings resist change. And here's a change. Get over it. It's coming. You're going to have to embrace it. Um, and you're going to have to be sure that you adhere to the ANSI. Uh, get your copy of uh, ANSI. You can do so by going to Home Innovation Research Labs. Home Innovation Research Labs. You can get your copy. I can't give you one. It's it's copywritten, so I can't give you. I'd love to give you one for Christmas. Can't do it. Uh, so you got to get your own. Get familiar with it. Understand it because that's going to that's going to be what's expected of you. So anyway, I just wanted to drop that real quick and let you know. Uh, before I get off here, let me just say this. I, I appreciate all the folks that reached out to me. I know Miss Lori Egan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jeff Bradford. Um, Teresa Walker. Uh, Josh Wallet. I mean, I, so many. I, I can't mention all of you. And I, you, know, you know who you are. Thank you very much for reaching out to me. Uh, as many of you know, my area recently uh, had a tornado go through it and uh, a lot of devastation uh, right close to me. Thank goodness, you know, my family, all my team. There's a little scary, uh, little scary moment uh, that I couldn't get a hold of uh, one of my dear friends and also uh, one of my team members, uh, Kelsey. I couldn't get a hold of Kelsey and she's in, she's in Muhlenberg County. It hit Muhlenberg County. So I couldn't get a hold of her, started worrying about her a little bit. And then I could not get a hold of uh, Chloe, another trainee I have, who is in Murray. And that's 20 minutes away from where that, about, about 20 minutes away from where that candle factory was. So um, luckily all my, my, all my folks, team, uh, families are, are doing well and safe. Um, and, and my buddy, I finally got a hold of him. I couldn't get a hold of him. I was about to get in the truck and head his way. And then I found out the highway was closed because all the trees were over it. And it wasn't just Kentucky. Seven states were impacted. So please, uh, my listeners, if you do me a big favor and and, uh, and think of these uh, individuals and their families and say a, say a special prayer for them. I mean, we're right here at Christmas time and such devastation occurred and loss of life. Property, who cares about that? We could, we could build that back. I mean, there are sentimental things that, that you can't get back, and that's really, really sad. But that that doesn't compare at all, obviously, to to – to a death. And uh, uh, so we want to think of those folks. By the way, I'd also like to thank uh, everyone that has donated to the Appraiser Relief Fund. My goodness, we have gotten $45,855.75 in donations over the course of about, about a year, if that. And, uh, you know, the original goalpost was 25000 Teresa moved it on me a little bit. She had a goal for $50,000, and we're just under that. So um, if, you, if you have the ability to give, we certainly would encourage you to do so. Go to uh, the, uh, it's naappraisers.org. That's the website. It's called the Appraiser Relief Fund. Let's try and hit our goal of 50000 by the end of the year. Um, I don't know if we've had any requests for tornado victims yet. Uh, if you know an appraiser that needs a helping hand, if you know uh, an appraiser's family that uh, needs assistance, if you are an appraiser and you need some help, please reach out to NAA. That's exactly why this fund was created. 
Uh, we've helped, I don't know, I think it's 19 appraisers throughout the land so far. Um, one, one person down in Texas, I know several that were impacted by the hurricane. Um, but please, if you, uh, if you need to help, and you do not have to be an NAA member. That's the beautiful thing about this. We're helping all appraisers. I mean, we'd love for you to be a member, but that's not a requirement for us to help you. It is appraisers helping appraisers. And anyone that's contributed, thank you. And you should be very proud of yourself. We're really making a difference in people's lives. I know uh, a couple of folks from the, the hurricane, um, they didn't even know where they were going to stay that night. They didn't have a house. They didn't have anywhere to go. They're, just imagine what's going on in your life in that circumstance. Uh, so if you have the ability to do donate, please consider doing so uh, in aappraisers.org. Uh, you can click on the appraiser relief fund. Help us get our goal, please. Uh, all those monies are going to appraisers. We don't keep any of that. We don't even keep any of it for an administrative fee. We we It all goes to an appraiser that needs a helping hand. And that's what it's all about. So thank you if you've given. And uh, thank you if you're considering giving. Uh, we're making we're making a big difference. And I'm very proud of that and um, and and happy that the appraisal community, the appraisal family is what I'm going to say, has come together to help their fellow appraisers in, in times of need. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, I'll be back next week talking to you about some other stuff. I hope you're uh, doing well. I hope you're staying busy. Uh, if you want more information on ANSI, uh, I, I mentioned that earlier again, but but it is true. Appraiser Learning has a whole host of classes on ANSI. Um, Hamp Thomas has uh, created an HMS. It's a home measurement specialist. You don't even have to be an appraiser to get that. So if you're a trainee listening to this and you want to get an additional certification under your belt, if you want to stand out from the crowd, look into getting the HMS. If, if you're an appraisal office and you have a couple of workers there, they're not appraisers, they're not trainees, they could get the HMS. I know one appraiser out of Nashville that about 30%, 30 of his income is derived from going out and measuring houses. So it's an excellent way to have a little side business to generate income and uh, and help others. And so uh, Hamp did a really good job with that. He's got multiple courses. He's got a video course. Uh, but go check out appraiserylearning.com. They've got a whole host of ANSI courses that will help bring you up to speed as well as get you a special certification if you're interested in that. Go check it out, appraiserelearning.com. Until next time, this is Brian Reynolds, your host. You've been listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. Please stay safe. Please stay safe. Take a little break. I mean, work, work, work. I get it. That's where we're at right now. A lot of by the end of the year stuff happening. I get it. Uh, but hug somebody you love. And uh, until next time, happy appraising. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.